that's going to enable you to sell more houses. How many people, like, you see them quit on their clients. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not dealing with this. Hey, real estate transactions are tough for all the agents listening out there. They're not all going to go well. If you are not getting educated about current real estate market conditions, whether you're in finance, accounting, you're a mortgage lender, you're entitled, or obviously a real estate agent, you're doing yourself and your client base a disservice. This is the Knowledge Brokers Podcast. I'm Tom Tool. He's Byron Lazine. Lisa Chinati is jet-setting who knows where, sends her kids away, flies all over the country. With our luggage, by the way. Definitely your luggage. I don't know if she brought the hot dog purse. So with with that in mind, Byron, we had, I would say, another stable week, which is what I'm looking for as we see the market progress into the second half of the year. I know you said the same thing right before the show in our prep, and we saw some PCE data come in at expectations. We saw a little bit of pop of summer inventory at the beginning of the week. Uh, Inventory grew by a little over 8,800 homes. We saw purchase application data with a 2% growth week to week at the beginning of the week. And we've seen stable mortgage rates. And by stable, I mean, they're not moving all over the place. They're not as volatile as they were earlier in the year. And as we head into the second half, I'm clear, this is pretty important for people that want to transact and for the knowledge brokers out there that want to get educated about what's happening. Because earlier in the year, I mean, we'd get on this podcast. It was what happened this week. Rates would go up and down constantly, and that creates indecision for consumers. So what do you think about all this? Yeah, I thought it was a very quiet week, and I would get used to it, certainly for the first month in quarter three, the month of July. We're closing out quarter two. We're closing out the first half of the year. I don't expect any significant changes in July. And in fact, I would expect an opportunity in July for some buyers Tom. Okay. So the opportunity sits with, there will be a segment of buyers that use July as they traditionally do to spend time with family, uh, to get away, to kind of put the buying process on, on pause, especially if they've been beaten up in the spring market. And so those buyers that have like a laser focus of buying a house and for agents, you know which buyers in your database those are. It's probably a select few that are like, at all costs, I need to rip through this market and get a house. And then you have some people who are looking and they're trying to find the right deal and they wouldn't fit into that category. But for those laser-focused buyers, I'd have them out there in July. You might find the seller that's like, wait a minute, where's the multiple offers? Where's the activity? So I think agents have seen that in the last couple weeks that that you know, that fever pitch has kind of waned. And I'd expect that to be the case into July. Certainly there's going to be, you know, a house in, in July that comes on in your market that gets the 20 offers. And and I've got that, but there are going to be less of those in July when you compare July to April in 30 days. And so I think that presents opportunity, but just overall looking at what we're dealing with, I, I expect um, you know, I expect another inventory pop next week. Uh, and when we look at active listings, uh, I think that's going to be due to probably, you know, a couple weeks of less sales. Uh, we saw inventory pop up again this week, you know, for the second or third week in a row. 
I expect rates to continue to hover around 7%. Um, I see demand to, to basically be flat when it, when you look at mortgage applications. It's been, it's been actually ticking up a, a point or two um, the last couple of weeks, which is good as you get into July. You know, Traditionally, you could see that number come down. Um, but I don't expect any any significant changes. Yeah, and I, I'm clear that's what the market's calling for. Obviously, everyone wants lower rates and and, and lower costs. I mean, that, that's a no-brainer. You think about what consumers have gone through the past, really, almost 12 months. I mean, I, w- I would go back to October of last year when this volatility really started kicking in, and we saw rates spike up the first time. And when, let's say you want to list your home, Byron, and you're going to go buy something, and you're one of those people that needs to sell to buy, you're going to negotiate a lease back or, or something like that, or move in with family, or you got a place to go, and you put your home on the market and sell it, then you go out and start shopping. And the fear of, hey, I know my housing cost at X price at a fixed rate, but that rate jumps up a half a percent in a week, that creates a lot of indecision for people. And, and that's, I think, the scariest thing for consumers. You said this a couple of weeks ago on the show, People will transact in this market when presented with the facts, when presented with the knowledge. I think you talked about this with uh, Nicole on uh, on your podcast earlier in the week, where you had these billion dollar agents, yeah, and and they all asked what do you, what what do people want in a real estate agent? And it was knowledge, it's facts, it's data, right. and then it was like it was a pitch for this pod. I I, I agree. I mean, they must have known. They must be our number one <laughs> fans right there. We'll, we'll let's send them some t shirts or something. We'll get Eric printing those since he's probably doing nothing. Uh, Actually, but, there there is some BAM merch coming. I think the Knowledge Brokers T will be the best seller. I, I'll wear it every week. I'll definitely wear it down the shore here when I go on vacation in about 20 minutes when this is done. So <laughs> uh, they'll be like, who the heck is this guy? But but the point is, right, this is what, you know, there, people are going to have a need to move. And I, I, I did an article for BAM and it came out with something last year called the Recession Power Rules, right? Number one, motivation matters. I mean, between the two of us, we've got 40 some years of experience in, in, in real estate. We've been through these things before, and the people that transact are the people that got motivation. It's the Ds, death, divorce, diplomas. We've heard it all. So this stability for a consumer that's well-informed, and there's a lot of them out there, they're going to be okay with stability because they know what they're getting into. It's the, hey, rates went up 1% this week, and now I'm kind of screwed on my mortgage application. That's the stuff people are more afraid of than known costs, than known quantities, so I see this as a good thing. And let's be realistic. We got an election cycle coming up here pretty quickly. So I think the government's going to be a little more cooled down on, on what's happening as we start primary season in the presidential election in a little over 12 months. That's going to be a factor. Uh, well, the government, D.C. is not going to want to see an economy that just goes completely off the rails yes, exactly. over, the, over the next year plus uh, as we head into November 24. That certainly is true. I think, I don't know. Um, just off of projections, you should have an economy going into November 2024 that looks better than today. I mean, did you see the GDP revision this week? That was, they revised it from 1.3 in quarter one to two, up 2%. Bananas. So, so the economy's strong. It, you know, it's very strong despite where we are with inflation. You pointed out the PC numbers this morning, uh, met expectations or even a little bit softer uh, some ways that you look at that. So that's good. We Anything that, that is out of expectation would be bad, but we continue to kind of meet expectations. I've got something for you though, on just this moment that we're sitting in, in right now, you know, going into the month of July, 
you're the knowledge broker. I'm a past client. I'm, I'm, I'm a client. I'm a seller. I got to stop using that word. It's, it's like so. I've, I've eliminated it. It's like I know it, it, it makes a big difference. It. Andrew Undem, man, that was one of the that was one of the best pieces of advice I've, I've received, and that's saying a lot considering yeah. how much coaching and training you and I have done together. So I've been shout trying out to Andrew. Train it out of my terminology. It's such a bad habit that agents have uh, saying the word P clients, uh, just clients, just clients. All right, so I'm the client. Uh, we've we've transacted. Um, you know, a few years ago and, uh, or, or maybe even longer, five years ago. And I call you and say, Hey Tom, I'm going to sell my house this year. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the Southeast. I'm, um, with that migration. I don't know if you saw that Bloomberg report, a hundred yes. billion dollars to the Southeast where the Northeast lost, uh, 60 billion in wealth. Anyways, I'm one of those. I'm going to, I'm going to go down to the Sunbelt States. I got to sell my house. Really, Tom, anytime this year would be good. I got the place already, uh, you know, in the Carolinas and I'm thinking, you know, we'll probably get down there, you know, for a few weeks in December, but then by January, we're going to be full-time. So like really any time this year, when's the, you know, I'm around in July and August, September, but I don't know. You tell me what's the best month out of the six that we have left to list my home to get the most buyers and net the most money on the transaction? Well, great question, Byron. And, and here's what I know. I know our inventory right now is a little less than a month's supply in the suburban counties in Philadelphia. That's really seller friendly. We also know rates have started to stabilize. So, and we've also seen that inventory started to pop a little bit. And I would reference the stat we gave at the beginning of the show that it's up about 8,800 units and it's projected to continue to increase. If you look at month's supply year over year, the month supply, because less homes are selling, is up 15%. So we're seeing the options grow for buyers. So Byron, do you know when the best time for you to be on the market is? I don't know. That's exactly why I'm asking you. It's when the neighbors aren't. You want to be the only game in town. And the reality is demand's really strong right now. We're still seeing multiple offers on homes, maybe not 15 or 20, but certainly two, three, or four when a home's priced properly, shows well, and is marketed correctly which I'm clear we'll be able to do all three of those having worked together before. So we can deal with a known quantity now, or we can maybe gamble a little bit and see what happens in the fall. If you already got the place, you know, the, the next step here and what happens next is let's get it on the market now. Let's see what the market reaction is. And the good news is that there's still buyers out there looking to buy rates. Haven't pushed them off the market. So you want to get started. Yeah, I like that. And and I think that's a good macro approach. Obviously, as you know, if Tom were to if I gave him more context yeah. and, and I went into price ranges for, you know, different price categories, it might have impacted the the particular, you know, the personal advice that that you would have given me. Because, you know, if I were to say, hey, should I list today, Friday, going into fourth of July weekend? Should we list my two million dollar house today, Tom? on Friday of 4th of July weekend, or should we wait a week or two? You probably would say, wait a week or two, because sure. everybody, every buyer, you know, in your, in your category, in that price category is where Tom is <laughs> on the Jersey shore, uh, having a little vacation this week. It's why it's one of the smart knowledge broker moves that Tom makes every year when everybody else is on vacation, he's down there. Uh, making connections and, and networking, right? And so there's going to be specific advice. Certainly, like Tom gave the example, 
we've got less than one month of inventory. You're you're hitting, you know, you've, you're talking to a seller and there's less than one month inventory in that price range because don't look at your market as, okay, two months, three months of inventory. Look at it as from 200 to 300,000, what are the months of inventory in comparison to 700 to 900,000? There may be a difference there on inventory levels and that might impact your advice. Okay. So, um, you know, generally speaking though, on the macro, yeah, we're, we're, you still want to get the, these properties on the market because quarter four is a lot more uncertain than what the moment we're living in right now. I just do caution, um, you know, don't, don't go telling a seller that, you know, we, we should see 50 people at the open house this weekend. Hey, it's July tamper expectations going in. It's why you want to be aggressive on price right now. Uh, and you want to make sure you, you don't over, you know, state what the market's going to look like in July looking forward. If you want to be the knowledge broker in your marketplace, you need BAMX. It is a curated community of on-demand courses like the world-renowned Tom Tool, me, the best objection handler in the country, showing you how to handle seller and buyer objections on a consistent basis. Canva courses, how to design your own marketing so you can appeal to people on social media through email and look like a professional. And you get a private community with other like-minded folks like you that want to make their business better. Use the code KNOWLEDGEBROKERS for 10% off. Get BAMX now. Do yourself a favor and go outwork and out-educate your competition. Well, you bring up a couple good points there. One, you, you got to get the local data. I mean, you asked me a pretty broad question. I'll give you the answer that I, I would yes. give. And that that's like you're having a conversation with somebody without knowing the details. That's a great way to start it. And if, if let's say this happens and you're at a barbecue this weekend, you're down the shore, whatever you're doing, I would say, hey, here's what's happening at, at, a, at a macro level. Why don't we do this? When would be a good time to get into your local data specific to your house and, and schedule an appointment with them, especially in the time of year that we're in. This worked for me and continues to work for me. That you have the conversation, you show some knowledge, but the reality is you're, you know, you're grilling some hot dogs outside, you see your neighbor walk by, you're, you know, you're at a barbecue, whatever. That's not the place to go for the clothes. And you want to set it in a professional environment where you can be that knowledge broker and you're able to talk to them confidentially because that's a big deal. A lot of people don't want to air out their business in a public forum. So then you can give the local data. Secondly, what I would, you mentioned the launch time, Byron, right? And this is something, this is one of these mistakes I see all the time and it, and it costs sellers money. You ever see the agent that just their, their marketing plan is up, oh, we're on the MLS, surprise. And there's no lead up and there's no pre-marketing done. Yeah. Every MLS has a, a lot of different rules. We're with Bright, which is very strict. Um, it's one of the largest in the, in the yeah. country. Second largest besides California. We have the ability to list coming soon listings on there. And there's rules you can follow. I would develop a pre-launch campaign. If you want to be a high-level listing agent and tell people, hey, here's how we're going to get excitement before we even start showing the property. So we can get the word out. Because if we're asking people to jump and we list a home on a Thursday or a Friday, which most people do, and statistically, I, I think Thursday is the best day or Friday because people can go on the weekends, right? That's a normal thing. Uh, if you're just launching it and waiting for people to show up and just taking the first offer that comes in, instead of having a plan to get the entire population excited about the property with, you know, coming soon campaigns, landing pages, a really aggressive open house, you want to have all these things clicking the first weekend, that's going to set you apart. 
when you go over your marketing plan with a potential seller. And that launch program, if executed properly, will get the seller more money. There is no question because you think about it, Byron, you got two girls, right? I got three kids. If I see a home and I'm a home shopper and it lists on a Friday and I've got dance recitals, Cub Scouts, you know, I'm, I'm going on a family vacation. What if people are leaving today for a vacation? They see a home, like people aren't going to cancel their vacation in a lot of cases, but if they know a week or two in advance, they can make some adjustments. And that's reality of home shopping. And if you cater to the home shopper in terms of giving them notice, it's going to get more bodies through the door. Don't just pop it up on the MLS like some of these knuckleheads out there do because it's going to do your clients a disservice and it's going to inhibit your ability to leverage that listing to turn into more business, which is what the smartest agents do. There's going to be a ton, ton of homeowners that call up their agent this summer. Hey, I want to list my house. The agent's going to go over there. They're going to have a conversation and they're going to ultimately get the price. And the agent's going to find out that the price that the homeowner wants is above market, even when we're sitting here at you know basically peak prices. We're two and a half percent off of peak of 22 as we sit here today. So we're basically at peak prices. But some homeowners are going to try to shoot for the moon, specifically this summer. You're going to see this more than you have in the past uh, because, because homeowners that have missed the moment are, are going to try to make up for it and they're going to be ultra aggressive. If you don't have that pre-listing strategy as an agent that Tom just talked about and specifically use the coming soon option on your MLS, which most op, uh, MLSs have right yeah, now, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know very many that don't, um, you're not going to have the ability to collect data before the active listing date for your seller. Hey, in the last you know year, we've put this many coming soons on and this is the activity and inbound, um, you know, activity we had on these coming soon listings. Th this is the data. Well, on your home where, you know, we, we thought we were a little aggressive on price, we've actually seen, a, you know, a lower activity level than we're accustomed to seeing during these pre-launch. And we did all of the things we, we always do. And it's going to be your one opportunity to adjust price. Okay, because there will be there will be those situations where, you know, you're going to the market too high and you're like, maybe in April of 22 or, or April of 23 even. But but right now, luxury price point, I don't know, we're pushing the envelope a little too hard w without being able to go back and show them that data. If you just like Tom said, surprise the market on Friday and, and pop it on and then you hear crickets all weekend. You, that's where the agent's like, uh, I don't know what to say to the seller. But when you have that pre-listing launch, when you have all that data, you're able to have the conversation a lot easier because you're backing it up with information like a knowledge broker would. Arguably, the toughest conversation in real estate, I'd love to get your opinion on this, is when the home's not selling, right? You sold them on you. They hire Byron Lazine. They hire Tom Tool. They hire whomever, Emily White, Stacey Mitchell. And then the home's just not selling. and Hey, what's going on? And so many agents don't have a plan for that. We talked about your communication guarantee you used to use uh, uh, on like every week you're going to be hearing from me. That's something if you're listing homes, if you got you got one listing, I don't care how many listings you have, you got one listing, you better put that call in your calendar every seven days to be talking to the seller on the phone and letting them know what's going on or what's not going on. Because when they start calling you, that's when problems arise. And 
proactivity beats reactivity in a market like this. It beats it any time in real estate, but in a different market like we're seeing, you've got to be the one initiating the contact with your clients so they know you're on it because, look, everyone wants business. Everyone wants more listings. They'll just say, hey, we, we're going to go in another direction and, and you have to have that conversation. So if something's not going well, address it head on. We had a, uh, Ian uh, on our team. I give, I give this guy a lot. I was at the office with him until like six o'clock last night. Something went wrong in a transaction, right? And no matter whose responsibility it is, you know what sometimes the best thing to do is, Byron? Hey, that's on me. I'll take responsibility here. Here's our path forward to move towards the settlement table. Right. And when you do that as an agent, and I, I got to give Ian a lot of credit. Ian Morrissey, I mean, he, he was like texting me last night. We're on our way down here. He owned it. And you know what? It went from, we don't want to use you. And you should have seen the text messages he was getting from this person to- Paragraphs, I bet. Yeah, well, uh, pretty offensive stuff. Uh, let's say, I guess. Um, and it went from that to, hey, we're signing the offer. Because he handled it like a pro and took responsibility. and guided them in their path forward. And sometimes those turn into your best referral sources because they're a client that you navigated a tough situation with. You take ownership instead of deflecting, which how many agents do you know just kind of blame somebody else? Like, oh, this was oh, the title so company's true. fault or the mortgage. You know what? It's always your fault. I don't care what yeah. happens in this bit. I just I just apologize all the time. I'm like, hey, sorry we went through this. Not sure we could have done anything differently. I'll take responsibility. I mean, you have that approach and you're talking about getting into a market like this where you have some tough sellers, that's going to enable you to sell more houses. How many people, like, you see them quit on their clients, like, oh, I'm, I'm not dealing with this. Hey, real estate transactions are tough for all the agents listening out there. They're not all going to go well. If you're going to be selective who you work with, or I don't want to work with people that are tough or, or maybe have, have a negative reaction sometimes, this market may not be for you. And the market in general may not be for you. 2020 ain't coming back. So no. I find that to be everything we're talking about here. I mean, this is getting me excited because this is when the best agents are made and when the best careers are started or catapulted into that next level, that next breakthrough. When times get tough, the tough get tougher. It's kind of hokey, but it's the truth. Yeah, I love that approach. A lot of times you'll get these paragraph text messages uh, from a client and a mistake that an agent would make is replying in paragraph form yes. and then and then deleting it and trying to like make sense of it call the client hey understand you're upset like tom said uh i'll own this and let a b and c clear concise like groups of threes are the best way to explain things here's the problem uh here's the solution here's when we're getting started and how we're getting started bing bang boom get it into them so that they can understand verbalize it and then you follow up with an email or a text in writing what the plan was but don't get into a back and forth on on paragraph after paragraph email or text message i promise you're going to infuriate the other side because uh, you're just they're not going to make sense of it they're already all wound up writing you paragraphs and unless you call them or go see them head on uh, it's going to get worse more times than not. That's been my experience. Here's what you don't hear in text. Body language and tonality. Yeah. The words you say mean very little. It's less than, I think, 20% of the communication that people hear. It's body language and tonality. I mean, we, we talk about this stuff all the time. And in this kind of market, that weekly phone call to a seller, that's, you've got to build that into your schedule. 
because if you forget to do it, then they're going to complain they don't hear from you. That's the number one complaint people have about real estate agents. And look, you want to take listings. Like selling the listing is easy. Getting the listing and servicing the client, that's a little tougher. And the expectations are different than a buyer. And there's more in your control. And you've got to take ownership of that from a communication standpoint and a process standpoint. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to be able to list at a high level, which is what every agent wants to do right now. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Tom, what else is on, on your mind here as we uh, go into the holiday weekend? So, you know, I mean, we, we, we saw that rental data uh, rents are dropping in May. We saw that sales were down in May. I don't think there's a lot of stuff to really unpack there other than what we've talked about on the show at length. And I'm, I'm cautious been... to say we're right here, Byron, that, we, yeah. uh, that and especially you, you've been leading the charge on this. So I give you a lot of credit for that. Um, that's exciting because I think that's going to lead to more stability. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, on that piece of data. And then I got one parting shot here we can give to everybody. Yeah. So realtor.com released its May mental report shows a 0.5% annual decline in the median asking rent. Uh, if you've been listening to knowledge brokers or the hot sheet, I've been on this train for months. Barry Sternlet from Starward Capital, 125,000 doors. Uh, he was way ahead of this. And uh, he models this across the country, rents.com, apartments.com, realtor.com's on the train. It's like everybody except Jay Powell's on the train that rents are coming down. Um, the chart on nowbam.com covering this realtor.com survey shows you that. Okay, just a year ago, we had 16% year over year uh, median rent, and now we're uh, in the negatives. So th this is good for inflation. I get it. We still have 24% you know, pre-pandemic that we've gained, but now we're, we're back to a normal environment. Everything gained uh, pre-pandemic. It's what happens when you print a whole bunch of money. I saw this, uh, I saw this clip from this guy, ReVenture, who was just in this big Twitter controversy. He's, I don't really know what he does. He has like 300,000 YouTube subs, but he puts out these wild clips and, uh, takes on housing all the time tom don't even bother this week like looking into any of them because they'll infuriate you since 2020 he's been telling people not to buy because a housing crash is coming i know who you're talking about yeah and he gets all these comments like oh my gosh you know you're the second coming you you're so smart all this stuff and he literally cost people 40 percent. anyways i won't go down that rent i saw a recent clip from him he says rents are coming down and it means home prices are going to come down no 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 Rents coming down is indicative of inflation not being as high as the Fed is telling us. Okay, so inflation is coming down. Inflation is going to drop hard. But until inventory goes up and goes up dramatically, home prices are not going. When he says home prices are about to drop, I mean, he makes it sound like there's a cliff coming. You know, could home prices be flat for the next 12 months? Certainly. Does that mean they're coming down? I don't consider one or 2% drop coming down the way he describes no. it. And so until you see the inventory based off of these rents coming down so much that people are like, uh, okay, I'm going to go list the house, but rents are coming down. And we just, we just reported this 0.5% drop year over year. They did have the 24% increase the last couple of years. So if it's going down a half a percent, you're still, if it's your investment to rent, you're not just putting that on the market all of a sudden. Okay. So until you see inventory go up and go up significantly, and we know that's not happening in starter home price ranges uh, for quite some time. Zillow just reported 4.3 million homes short. That report just came out in the last week. Uh, hello, you're not going to see prices uh, plummet. So that that starts to scare me 
when the typical home buyer sees this and they just keep buying into this negative drip that he that he's been spreading on social since 2020 think about all the buyers that took that advice and missed out on the opportunities but um you know overall this this rent decline is good you don't want to see rents going up double digits year over year uh and this is really good for the fight against inflation yeah to totally agree and i think it's it's more of what we've been talking about and it's uh, you know i think you hit the nail on the head everyone except your buddy your bff your buddy. not me it's not my buddy uh jerome powell is not and, and he says this stuff too so I'm glad to see this data coming out. Credit to Realtor.com for, for putting that. There's a great article on BAM that explains all this if you need more info. And this is the kind of stuff that agents need to have like downloaded on their phone, like links available that you can send to people. So it's not you telling them, Byron, or an agent on, on one of our teams or myself or whomever saying, oh, yeah, that, that's not true. Because in times like this, people start to not believe real estate agents because they think all they want to do is make a sale. So you got to back it up with third-party data. That, that's so so critical. And I be you, you showed that uh, the graph from Fortune magazine. We have been using that at literally every single appointment. When this objection comes up, it's hey, totally hear you. There's a lot of bad information out there. I get it. If I could show you some data that maybe would contradict that, would you want to start talking more about your real estate goals? Right. Use the if then. They say yes, and then you show them the chart, and literally it's like on your phone. And it's hey, here it is. I'm going to text this to you right now. That can be a really effective strategy. You got to be ready for this stuff. We, we talked earlier yeah. about knowledge and, and being nimble on your feet. You've got to be able to handle these things on the spot when the emotion is high and they like a property, not when it's like a day later and you're trying to figure out what to do because they might, you know, people might cool on the idea. I mean, that's just how it is. And using resources like Keeping Current Matters and those other places that have this data available in easy to digest formats for consumers because you start talking in jargon and everything else. It just, it's, it's a problem. This one's so self-explanatory because it's like yeah, the exactly. last, the last four decades, home values have appreciated by 30% or more. Most, most of the time it's close to 40% or more. And so when you listen to people who are telling you year after year after year that there's this real estate crash coming and it's because they get more clicks on that, like, you know, this kind of stuff, Tom, the knowledge broker stuff, you know, it isn't as sexy as selling fear into the market. Um, and it's why agents and knowledge brokers have a harder job out there because they have to combat all this crap. Well, you know, and, and it's it's about being disciplined and being real. And, you know, the stuff that we're doing here, uh, this is what agents should be doing in their business. And, and uh, excellent segue, by the way, because the last thing I wanted to bring up here is that when you have this stuff, you're ready to go. It, it's going to go a long way. But what we're also coming up on, Byron, is the midpoint of the year, right? Today's June 30th. We're filming this. So I, I, would, I would encourage every knowledge broker out there, anyone that just wants to get serious about your business, it's time for that mid-year evaluation. I don't know if you're doing this with your team. We're, we're doing it with our folks where it's, hey, like, where are you in the year? Um, how's your business going for the year? Are, and you're really going to fall into three buckets. It's either going to be you're, you're ahead of your goals you're on pace or you're behind. And this is a time when people need to get real with the brutal facts in their business and actually evaluate what worked, what didn't, and where they are. Because there's still six months left in the year. You're talking about opportunity in July and August. There's opportunity for agents out there too that want to get their numbers up to where they wanted to get to, to bring their income up and to get back on pace or even maybe get ahead of their goals because there are people that will transact and if you're not evaluating what actually happened, you're not tracking your business, then you're just going to be guessing the rest of the year. 
just like these consumers that are lost in the wind. So what advice do you have for people that, that they determine the bucket they're in, either ahead, on pace, or behind? What, what advice do you have for the people that are on pace and want to keep on pace or are behind, or even the ones that are ahead that want to stay ahead? What, what, what are you telling your folks or agents that are out there? Because this is a great time of year to do this stuff. If you're on pace right now and you want to stay on pace or, or continue to push the envelope, um, there's two ways to think about this. If you were in the business, you know, if you were in real estate or impacted by the GFC in any way, like Tom and I went through, um, then just think back to those days and that should give you enough motivation to keep going. Okay. So, you know, just, just think back to that. If, if you haven't been that, and it's like, it, it's pretty easy for agents. I fall into this trap myself to be like, I'm having a great year. You know, I can kind of tap into this mojo at any moment. Um, would caution you to be, you know, too aggressive on your uh, lackadaisical behaviors in the summer because they will bleed into the fall. I like what you're doing, Tom. I've been a big uh, proponent of this where it's like when everybody else is vacationing, that's when you should vacation. A lot of agents are like, oh, it's great. I have the freedom to vacation when nobody else is vacationing. Yeah, but when nobody else is vacationing, that's when they're transacting. When yes. everybody else is vacation and that's when they're not transacting. So this is a great week to actually take that time off, but then get back to it the following week. And it's also a great week when people are vacationing. If you're in one of those markets where people are vacationing there uh, or people are staycationing for you to go out and, and staycation yourself and meet some new people. So I would take the time to recharge, but I'd make sure I've got that daily routine that's supportive of continuing the pace if I'm on pace. It's, uh, you know, it might mean not drinking, right? It, it might mean, or, or, you know, drinking less or getting up early, you know, all these, dip, you know, you can say it's, you know, whatever. Uh, this stuff works when you've got a clear mind, you've got the energy to go out there and do it. Those are the performers that, uh, that continue to do it. So if you're off pace, you got to take drastic measurements to shift your energy because what you've done the last six months isn't working. Yep. So you need an instant IV drip of change into your business. It's gotta be that forceful. When I remember when I was 18, I had a bad habit. I was, I was smoking cigarettes, right? And I didn't do the whole like nicotine patch or gum. I threw the cigarettes in the garbage and quit and never smoked again. Okay, because I was, I was working at a, we were building submarines an electric boat in, in Groton. And, uh, we had, we had, we had one, uh, customer. It was the U S Navy. Okay. And so I look at this guy, uh, his last name was Finnegan. Can't remember his first name. Anyways, he, he had this gray beard, but his mustache wasn't gray. It, it was Brown because he used to have like 25 cups of coffee a day. And the coffee would just like, you know, fill in his, his mustache on the top. It was a, it was a lifetime coffee stain. Well, the guy used to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. He had this huge gut. He was, he was a slob. Sorry, Finnegan, if I don't think you'll ever see this, hopefully. But um, if you're still, I'm, you're still I'm on a mission kicking. to find Finnegan over yeah. the next six months. We're, uh, we're Anyways, I, I looked at that guy, you know, ripping butt after butt. And I'm just like, damn, uh, that, that can't be my future. So the first move, like before I started getting knowledge was I, I got to put the cigarettes down. I mean, this is pathetic what I'm seeing over here. 
you got to make a drastic instant change. Don't you, most cigarette um, smokers are going to use the excuse that it's addicting. I need time. And they never quit and they never absolutely quit. So um, you don't need time to make a dramatic change. What you've done to this point hasn't worked. You have got to change your schedule. You've got to change the people that you're with, your habits. Um, you should change your diet. You should change everything on a dime and go the other direction and model the the people who are having success. It's as simple I, as that. I love that. And and I'm going to give a little more tactical advice because I think you're so right about the environment. Uh, I mean, we've we've talked. We have a 5 a.m. call that's been going on seven years. That's I think changed both of our lives in in a great way. And I mean, you look at you know, what happens to people over time and just changing your, I'm not saying ditch your friends, but you got to change the people you hang out with because you're going to end up emulating their habits. Right. And if uh, you, you get like, you're talking about this guy Finnegan or uh, I remember out of college, I had some buddies from high school and, you know, I'm, I'm selling real estate, getting ready to go. And it's like a Tuesday night and they're like, Hey, let's, let's go to a party. And I'm like, I got to work tomorrow, man. This ain't, and that was kind of like when I had that like realization, like, I don't want to feel like crap tomorrow and go to a party. I'm going to go to bed and get up. So when Friday night comes around, I feel like I got something done this week and maybe I'll go and, and do something then. This is my 20s. And you've got to really evaluate because, you know, people will either lift you up or drag you down. It's, it's either one or the other. Tom, you're so right about having the discipline. Last night, I'm at a, we did a launch party for a final phase of a new development project uh, up here in Connecticut. It's the penthouse is, is pre-sold for over 5 million We've got three units pre-sold in the last building. We only have nine units left. It's it's an unbelievable project. And last night was like this culmination of ribbon cutting the final the final um, building. We had a hundred about one hundred and fifty people there. Band, you know, catered the whole thing. I didn't have one drop of alcohol uh, during the whole party, and and I certainly could have. You know, we had a full bar. Certainly could have had a drink, enjoyed a drink. You know, we've worked really hard. We've come a long way, all, all this kind of stuff. But I got a full plate today. So I can go around and, you know, talk to everybody and have a good time. And I was there late. It was there, right, you know, all the way through the end, that whole thing. But I don't have to drink in order to do it, okay? You're on vacation this weekend. You're going to have some drinks, and you should. You're in that environment. Thank you. When I go on vacation around Thanksgiving time like I do every single year, I'm in the Virgin Islands. You better believe I'm swimming up to the the soggy dollar, and I'm gonna load up on some red stripes, okay? Or I'm gonna or I'm gonna go to the extra virgin. Shout out to anyone who's been the extra virgin in St. John. I'm gonna have two, not one but two martinis at dinner because they give you the little sidecar. Yes, and they've got one of the best martinis on planet Earth. But I'm not gonna make that a ritual when I know I've got stuff that I've got to get done. And I rarely ever anymore pitch the 5 a.m. call on people because people think it's like this cliche. We've been doing it seven years. Like this ain't a joke for us, okay? And and I don't pitch it to people because they're just like, oh, that's a cliche thing. Everyone says get up early. Listen, I don't know. I, I just so, The reason you and I did it seven years ago or whatever, you know, however long ago now it was, was we're like, hey, what do successful people do? Well, they, they get up and they get after it and – they got a clear mind and they, they care about their fitness so that they can have energy to last throughout the day and all this kind of stuff. And so we started modeling that and our, both our businesses went up who, who would have thunk, you know, so shocker. Yeah. You put crap in 
all day and you're going to get crap out. And so that's really it. Um, if you got crap results in the first six months, it's nobody's problem, but yours. So make the changes to go fix it. Listen, all these big companies across the country, what have they done in the first six months? They said, we're not getting the results that we got the previous 24 months. So let's, they went and cut the fat. They got rid of all of the expenses on their P&L salaries that weren't providing value to the company. They got rid of all those individuals and they kept the ones that were going to drive the company forward. Okay. It's the same thing you need to do with your personal business, not just cut the expenses, cut the habits, the fat, the fatty habits in your life that are holding you back from the results that you want, because I can promise you, you can look up somebody in your market right now that is having the results that you desire. You're just not putting yourself in those actions. And, and you, you nailed it from a mindset standpoint. There's one more piece to this. There's the technical side. What am I going to do every day? I find so many agents just get lost with, they get this white space in their calendar and they do nothing like literally, I mean, they're just sitting around. I don't know what the hell's going on with them. So here's what I would do. So you, you, you determine, all right, I'm going to make a change. I like the immediate IV. That is such a great analogy. We're going to be using that a lot. You want to? Put I'm going to be using in. an IV maybe this weekend. I haven't had a drip in a while. I, I got. The, I like the liquid IV. They're actually pretty good. A little, little less invasive. I'm not big on blood, but uh, you're going to need one come Monday. I'll be, I'll be fine. Uh, but uh, I'll send you one. I'll send you one to the Jersey Shore. Okay, I'll, 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 I might take you up on that. Uh, but uh, there's one in Atlantic City. They can, they can send down. Uh, so you, 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 first, you got to decide, right? You got to decide you want to make a change. Everything Byron talked about, you've got to want to do that. You can't do it for anyone else. It's got to be for yourself, for your family, for your household, whomever. So when you make the decision, I'm going to do this, just like we did with the 5 a.m. call. I did it because I had kids I had to take to school, and I was like, how the hell am I going to get this done? It was a necessity to mm -hmm. keep being successful. It wasn't, I want to. It's, this is the only path forward, and I needed support. And seven years later, we're still standing if you looked at a picture of me seven years ago, you'd be shocked. I mean, it's 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 uh, just from a health. Oh, let's and, put and it fitness. up. You can if you want. I, I'll give you the one of the, me at the Tom Ferry Summit in 2017 versus a couple of years ago in the same suit, and I made a blanket out of the extra fabric. Put um, it into Slack. Good thing you had the money to buy new wardrobe. I, you know, well, luckily I sold some houses, but uh, I, I will send that to you in Slack. That's actually a pretty good one. In that, with that in mind, you got to make a decision, right? Once you make the decision, then you've got to come up with a path and. I would just say, what do you want to get done the rest of the year? Look at the next six months. Now, six months is a long time, and it's going to overwhelm 95% of people that are watching this right now. It's a lot to get done, right? I mean, you look at what happens in the next six months. Let's say your goal is, hey, I want to do, I don't know, one and a half sales. So at forever, every month, right? So you get to nine sales, right? Let's say it's 10. You want to do 10 sales the rest of the year. Or better yet, let's say 12. That Because if you're doing 24 sales, you're in the top 3% in the country. So let's shoot for something higher. You want to do 12 sales, it's two a month. Okay, so I got six months. Let's divide that by six. So now it's two a month. So now you got your monthly goal. Now there's going to be some seasonality. December may not be some a place where you can close a lot of those sales because they're not going to close until next year. So you got to maybe front load a September or an October. So yes. break down how many sales you want to do each month. And then once you come up with your monthly goal, then break it down into, okay, in order for me to get two sales in the month of July, how many appointments do I need to go on? How many buyers do I need to convert to clients? How many listings do I need to take? Whatever your business model is, 
so I can put those two pending sales up. A lot of people aren't going to know these numbers. So I would argue you want to go on at least three to four new appointments a week. That's a just like, I'll give everyone the number here. So how do you get three to four new appointments? And let's call it four. And let's say you set four because one of them isn't going to show up. So you're going on three, right? So if you want to set four, have three appointments show up, how many people do you need to talk to to set four appointments? Most people listening are probably going to be at a 20 to one number, meaning they talk to 20 people, they go on one appointment. So that means you need to have 80 conversations a day. You divide that by five. What's the number here? I'll carry the one. So it's going to be 16 people a day. Shocking. The number always comes out to like 14 to 16, no matter what it is. So you got to talk to 16 people a day. So where do you call them? Dan O'Neill talked about this, the 554 stuff on the walkthrough. Five people you know, five people you don't know, and six follow-ups, right? There's your number. You've got to break it down into, hey, what do I need to do today? And just get it done the first day and then try to do it again the second day. If you don't chunk this down, you're going to be overwhelmed and you're not going to do anything. And that's what happens to the 87% of agents that will not be in the business in five years. Yeah. Listen, we don't, I certainly, I know you don't either. Neither of us talk about this kind of stuff very often at all, especially as you get into the personal habits and, and the mindset stuff. It just... It makes people uncomfortable. So I just don't even talk about it anymore. I'm just like, you know, you do you then. And uh, we'll talk about the knowledge stuff you can take from that. So if you hate it, just let us know in the comments. We won't ever do it again. Um, if you enjoyed it, maybe we'll sprinkle some more of it in in the future. You you let us know. You dictate uh, the way, the direction of of the pod and how, how you want us to, uh, to approach future shows. We should have Lisa back next week. Are you going to be on next week? I can make next week happen. I'm committed. You sure? I know yeah. you're, you're you're in vacation mode. I have I have no problem doing it with Lisa if you if you can't make it. Well, well TBD. It's it's uh, be my first <sighs> miss since we launched the show. So would I, be. I you know, but would we'll, be. we'll be TBD. Let me see how the week's going. But uh, either no way, I, I wanted to be here today because as a knowledge broker, I felt an obligation to put that out there. I know we don't do this often, but if people don't know how to run their business, then they're just going to be walking in circles. When you don't have a map, it's actually statistically proven that you will wander in circles if you're lost in the woods. That's what a business plan is. That's what a daily number is. And that's what we're talking about. A hundred percent. And so it might be a good opportunity uh, this weekend. If you want to take it to the next level, jumpstart it, catch back up uh, to really internalize that message here over the fourth, obviously spend some time with uh, family. It's not a time to, you know, it's letting off the steam and just getting completely obliterated all weekend is just going to put you into a Wednesday with anxiety and regret. If you're getting back to work on Wednesday, you know, if you're taking the whole week off, you're on vacation, maybe you might have a night or two where you get obliterated. But my point is if you're just, you're at home, you're spending the weekend and you're doing that, you're going to have a tough week next week. You're not going to be able to um, implement some of these things that we're talking about. And then all of a sudden the middle of July is going to be here and you know, then the end of July and, and we're going to be behind again. So uh, take some time this, this weekend to actually think through the next six months for sure. I, I'm, I'm going to be doing some of that myself. Uh, I'm also going to have a cigar, you know, by the way, I'm also going to maybe play 18 holes at some point. So nothing I mean, wrong with that either. Yeah. I, I think you want to, you know, celebrate what you can. And at the same time, I, I think you said it, well, I'm, I'm going to break it down even simpler. Don't turn a holiday weekend into a holiday week. Don't turn a week-long vacation into two weeks, which a lot of people do. My goal for everyone, when they go, now the vacation season here, you're like walking to your car, 
your kids are going bananas, which is what happened to me yesterday. And I'm on the phone fit, handling something. And then I hang up and get in the car. You want to work up until when you're supposed to not work, not just kind of mail it in. That's a big challenge a lot of real estate agents have. And most of them just are okay with it. I'm serious about my business. I want to be the best of the best. I know you do too. And I want to empower our people to do the same. So that's the approach that knowledge brokers take. So I challenge everyone to do that. I love it. Have a great fourth, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Stay safe. Uh, take care of your family. And uh, go USA. Go knowledge.